Welcome to another episode of the Stuff and Things podcast. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk, kind of go heavily a little bit on uh, the Iowa basketball season to start this year. We have a guest coming on here um, to talk a little basketball with us. Um, we will get into kind of the bowl season, a little bit of that, probably talk about the bowl, Iowa's upcoming bowl game. And we might have some sad news that we have to talk about here also. Um, all that and probably probably a little bit more to, on tonight's episode. And we'll be right back after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, Go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. While every shelter pet is unique, some love a good game of fetch, others would rather snuggle together on the couch, there is one thing that they all have in common. All of those guys, those little furry little friends, are pure love. Right now, today, millions of pets and shelters and rescues across the country are waiting to be adopted. In fact, this is a, an issue that's pretty near and dear to my heart. My wife actually does a lot of volunteer work and fundraising for the Furry Friends Refuge here in the Des Moines area, which is the only no-kill shelter here uh, in, in kind of central Iowa. So, oftentimes I think, you know, this time of year people like to give uh, little puppies, little, little kitties as presents, but a lot of times those uh, grow up to be dogs and cats and end up right back in shelters, and in fact, 44 percent of dogs and 47 percent of cats in American homes come from animal shelters and rescue groups. So if you're thinking about getting a pet this holiday season, make sure to visit the shelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of the United States. All right, welcome back to the show, and uh, right now we're going to talk a little Iowa basketball. We have a guest this week on uh, the podcast. He's um, somewhat of a Twitter celebrity in, I, I, in I, Iowa I would, Hawkeye circles. I would say the authority on, on Iowa basketball. Iowa basketball, absolutely. Um, Mr. Feltz himself, if you're not following on Twitter, you are, I don't know what you're, you're doing. You're not on Twitter. You're not a basketball fan. Um, so we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me on. I don't know about all that notoriety, but uh, I guess I'll take it. You're you're always the guy when there's basketball stuff happening. You're you're the guy to go see on Twitter. That's for sure. Um, uh, I appreciate that. I uh, I enjoy um, talking with everybody on Twitter, and uh, it's a good time. For the most part, it's it's fun most of the time. Um, so, right. So the there season some, some unfun times, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the season so far, um, is it kind of where you thought we would be at this point, or kind of where are you at right now on the team? Um, you know, it's been a really weird year. Um. I actually didn't think we would be doing as well as we are right now. Um, kind of, you didn't know what was going to happen, you know, with with Bohannon, whether he was going to play or not. Uh, a lot of unknowns and new faces. Uh, you know, you had you know, Toussaint coming in, Frederick and Nunji coming off of redshirt years. You lost Cook, 
moss, bear, uh, so a lot of unknowns. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't think they would be doing as well as they are so far. Yeah, eight and three to start the year. Uh, a couple of big wins, you know, away from Carver, uh, Syracuse, which, I mean, I like to call that a big win. It's it's a, certainly a big-name program. Like, I feel like sure. if you equated it to football, nobody would be upset about going and, like, winning, you know, at Notre Dame or something like yeah. that in a down year. So, uh, but then really, obviously, the most recent game, uh, taking it to Iowa State at Hilton. Yeah, I don't know that I would have said eight and three, but um, particularly with, you know, Nunji coming, coming back and then losing him and then... Uh, of course, there's going to be you know some some shakeup in terms of who's playing what kind of minutes going forward. Now that we know for 100% certain that Jabo is not going to be on the court the rest of the year, but uh, I mean, as the way I see it, um, you know they set themselves up nicely for you know they got the game at Cincinnati come on up here, a couple cupcake or uh, just the one I think what one Kennesaw cupcake. State, yep. uh, yeah, Kennesaw State. Uh, really, you know, like I said, hopefully have a little bit of momentum built as they get into the conference season. Right, I was just actually looking at after you after you get done with Kennesaw State there, you got like six or seven Big Ten games that are decently winnable. Uh, you start off uh, January fourth against Penn State uh, at home, then you go to Nebraska, which you know they're not very good. That should be a winnable that game. Should be a win. Then you come come right back at back and play Maryland at home. Uh, Maryland's pretty good. They're not playing that great as of late. Yep. Uh, you can win that game. Then you can play at Northwestern, at home again against Michigan, at home against Rutgers, at home against Wisconsin. Uh, so I mean, there's that's a seven game stretch where um, you know you can pile up some wins uh, early on in the Big Ten season. Yeah, January is going to be a big month. Yeah, I, I would agree. It really doesn't look until like that that last game in January, which is out uh, at College Park at Maryland. Where you feel like okay, I, that's I, probably I can, about the only one that's really uh, you're like yeah, that's probably gonna. I'm, be I'm gonna chalk that one up, one up as an L for sure right now. But other than that, I think all of those are gettable. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I, yeah, I mean, as you see in the Big Ten, I mean, any any time you go on the road, even you know at Nebraska, at Northwestern, those guys aren't good. But as you have seen, was it like thirteen and zero? Yeah, I think, I think yeah, so, in conference, yeah. yeah. Going for a perfect fourteen and zero, I think tomorrow night. I think uh, Northwestern plays at Michigan. Or no, was or uh, Northwestern goes to Michigan State. I feel like that's probably a pretty safe uh, home win there. I would assume, but also Penn, Penn State's ranked twenty third right now. I was unaware of that. Penn State sneaking into the rankings. Yeah, they they got some talent. Didn't they year. kind of just didn't they just blast Maryland? Is that who they beat yep. pretty solidly? I believe so. Yeah. And Mike Watkins is 45 years old, still playing there, Jesus. and Lamar Stevens is still there. So I think those yep. guys got to be seniors at this point. Yeah, but they both those guys have to be. You would think. Um, who would be your the big? What's the biggest surprise kind of for you um, so far with this team this year? Um, honestly, I would say C.J. Frederick. Mm. Um, you know, he just has came in, and um, now you kind of maybe understand why Moss left like he did. Yep. Um, I wasn't expecting Frederick to come in and just be so solid right away, uh, you know, for a, for a redshirt freshman uh, on both ends of the floor. Yep. I think Isaiah maybe saw a little bit of writing on the wall that his minutes were going to go down. Um, you know, he didn't play a lot late in games last year. Yeah, true, um, true. And so, you know, Frederick's just been solid shooting the three, driving, kicking, playing defense and he I mean he's just a ball player so I would say that he's the guy that is that have surprised me um 
the most, uh, being a lightly recruited kid, you know, not many other, uh, teams were interested and he chose to, you know, take a, basically walk on for a year. Yeah. He didn't even, he, he didn't uh, even know he was get getting a scholarship for sure. Yep. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he, he would be my, uh, surprise guy on the year so far. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he the Kentucky player of the year, his senior year in high school? Yeah, he was. I, that's uh, what I thought. It's just kind of weird. It's kind of just a, a weird deal with him. I don't quite understand. I don't. I mean, I can't remember who, who exactly he had offers from. There was a couple of. I think Xavier, Xavier had him. I think he had a, a Xavier offer on the table. But what his uncle played for? What played at Notre yeah, Dame with played, Fran or under Fran? And yeah, and he was an assistant there, I believe. Yep. So obviously, there that relationship helped. But it's just not every day you see a. Uh, a major player like that, you know, high major guy that has a couple of offers anyway, mm-hmm. uh, choose to, you know, basically come in not knowing whether you're going to have a scholarship or not. I mean, it's just, he seemed kind of like a, a weird deal and everyone really, you know, kind of not wrote him off, but just, you know, didn't think much of it. And here he is, you know, contributing at a high level, uh, early on in his career. So it should be fun to see how he, uh, uh, finishes things off here. Yeah, that's especially for an out-of-state kid and having to pay out-of-state tuition if that scholarship doesn't come through. That yeah, uh, yeah. that could be a scary proposition. And yeah, I, I would agree with you. The same way, not only just surprised by how like how he's been strong across multiple areas. You know, he's not just a thing. Um, I'll admit that I was probably afraid, and perhaps many of us were that you know you see uh, or, or you hear about how he's doing in practice, and you figure he's going to be you know another one of those guys who's the practice player of the year, and then you know comes out and doesn't do anything. Or it's kind of just a specialist, or excuse me, a, a specialist like a like an Oglesby or perhaps Ellingson. Ellingson. You know, I feel like he kind of got pigeonholed into that uh, that mold before he really ever even saw the court. So, so it's been yeah, great to see Fran, him develop. Fran seems to talk up guys like that, and you just kind of at this point, you know, he you know he used to say Ellingson was the best shooter he's ever been around, and so people just kind of uh, write that type of thing off as just you know a little Fran hype rule. Uh, but uh, he. Was was right on this one. It looks like yeah. So far, so good. And I, I couldn't agree. I think I feel like because he's only about six three, right? Maybe six four published, but yeah, so. I, I would imagine that's probably like he, he's kind of like a little mini wing, you know. He, he's not the right. the, the big long Wieskamp style no. where he's you know got got the arm span and, and and the hops and everything. So I don't know if that had anything to do with his you know kind of under recruitment, but I was certainly reaping the benefits now. I tell you who he really reminds me of is is Ben Brust. Yeah, that's who. That's, that's who he's. That's kind of his whose game he's reminded me of most so far to this point. Yeah, just a solid guy that does a lot of different things well. And I think we're seeing a lot with this team so far this year that just mentally they're they just seem to be a lot tougher and seem to be a little more locked in, especially on the defensive end. It looks like they're really taking more pride. I feel like in the defense this year and wanting to get stops rather than hey, let's force them to shoot the ball and let's go get the ball and play offense again. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think another thing with the defense, uh, now that Bohannon's out, I mean, let's be honest, Jordan's not a great defender when healthy, yeah. just because he doesn't have the, the, the you know the foot speed for it, not effort, but just he doesn't you know have the foot speed for it. But uh, you know now you've you know, and then obviously with him not being healthy with that hip, that slows him down even more. Uh, so you had to basically hide hide Jordan in the zone. Uh, you know, these first 10 games. So I think the defense is just going to improve, you know, that way. Um, you know, Toussaint is going to get a lot more minutes now, obviously. 
Um, and he's just a bulldog on defense. I mean, he just he takes pride in it. So you, you know, your 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 backcourt, you know, is could possibly be two Sutton Frederick, and those both those guys just get after it on the defensive end. So I mean, I think you'll see the the, the defense uh, improve quite a bit here. Um, and I'm I'm a big like Ken Palm guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you guys oh, yeah. know what that is yep. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're always not very great on defense. They're like, I think they're 110 or something like that. I think I was so reading something like that, to, yep. All they need to do is get that down to 75, 65, um, because their offense is number one. Yep. Uh, so it's not like they have to be a great defensive team, uh, but they if they are just be average – Man, I feel like we've also said that the last three years too, but it's it's true every year though, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's true. And I do feel like, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. There seems to be, I don't know if it's just the, the commitment or, you know, kind of the, the personnel who they have, you know, who are, who are playing the minutes this year are just more bought in on that end. But um, you got me kind of a little excited there talking about a Toussaint Frederick backcourt the rest of the season, even though that might not add up to a, a 20 win season, certainly not going to be a 25 win season. You know, I think uh, that's a, a backcourt I would enjoy watching, oh, you know, playing yeah. their first year together and knowing that that pair is going to be together for the next four, hopefully the next four. Right, they're both freshmen. I mean, you know, we got this four years of this to look forward to, and they're already doing what they're doing now. So, I mean, uh, it, it's, it'll be fun to watch those two grow together. I, I was going to ask, where where do you think Fran goes with the starting lineup now? Um, do you think maybe Kreener comes <sighs> in, or does he go with a, a more guard-oriented with Tucson or – Probably maybe a little bit yeah, of both. That's, that's got to be, you know, the two options right now. Um, I think Fran will probably just go with the experience uh, and put Ryan in there Yeah. Uh, to start. I, I mean, I wish he wouldn't. I think Joe, you just need to hand the keys to Joe and just yep. let him make his mistakes. And Because uh, I've really liked how the four guard often, you know, the four out, Luca in, um, how that's went uh, on both ends of the floor, uh, but Fran just always seems to to go with guys that he just fully trusts. Not that he doesn't trust Joe yet, but yep. just true freshman, you know, handled the ball all game. Uh, Joe tends to you know speed things up a little bit too much, and he'll be fine. That'll come with the experience. Sure. Yep. Uh, but I just have a hunch that he's gonna that he's gonna go up big and go with Creener. You know, but that's I I would agree, especially you know since this is kind of the the second iteration of the starting lineup for the year. But I also kind of thought Craner would start to begin the year too. So yeah. I was kind of surprised then, and and I don't know, perhaps we'll be surprised uh, yet again. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if there was some some fluidity there between you know Cincinnati and then Kennesaw State, and then as they really get into uh, you know, playing Penn State with you know big ass Mike Watkins. Yeah, uh, I, you know that seems like that's a, a tailor made start creener type of game. Yeah, uh, but who knows? I, yeah, I figured he might. It might probably be a matchup based, kind of depending on what type of team they're playing. Uh, you know, you're going right. going to East Lansing. You're probably not. I don't think start, you want to do that too much. Not right? going to start but, Joe Toussaint, but, but you maybe figure that over the like I said, figure that over the next two three yeah. games. Who you're really going to go with, and then I know. think when when uh, CJ was out. Wasn't it the Syracuse game? Yep. CJ Frederick was yeah, out. Yeah. He went with Creener mm-hmm. uh, instead of Tucson. But um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I, I also kind of, I mean, you're really running out of options here anyway. Yeah. Uh, I like, no I kind of do like go you know, off off the bench just as that, you know, little change little of pace. spark plug there. True, um, true. But you just have to 
you just have to go with what what's going to work, I guess. I also kind of feel like this, and this might um, the lack of bodies almost might save Fran from himself in where he yes. gets away from doing his line changes. Um, I'm yes. really, I'm kind of very happy about that. Yeah, it's uh, the one thing is is you you better not have any foul trouble. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, if Luca, if Luca, Luca or Creener get in foul trouble, I mean, you have nowhere to go, yeah. uh, basically. Because um, Pencil's banged up, it seems like still. Pencil's something, yeah. right? He just doesn't look right. I yeah. mean, he just doesn't. He just doesn't look right. So yeah, but I mean, I, the guy that we're not, we haven't talked about here is uh, Bakari. Bakari. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, he's gonna have to step up and play. You know, I don't know whether it's fifteen, twenty minutes. Uh, he's going to have to average, you know, five, eight points a game or something uh, off the bench. Because, uh, they, yeah, I mean, other than that, you don't, I mean, you know, I like the minutes that Riley Till can give. Yep. Uh, but he's Here more there. five to ten minute guy that you, you know, can't rely on much more than, you know, just the hustle plays and that. So yeah. you start getting another injury or another or some foul trouble and you could you could have some issues. We also got Austin Ash who can just make it rain off the bench. So there's always <laughs> big money Austin Ash. Yeah. That's right. That's true. You know he's never afraid to pull the trigger. Yeah, and I don't know how we made it 13 minutes in, 14 minutes in, without really talking about Luca Garza. At all. That's you know, true. The, the Oscar Robertson National Player of the Week, uh, you know, last week. Um, you, you always figured with, you know, Cook leaving and, and just some of the opportunities that were opening up roster-wise and minute-wise this year that he would, you know, hopefully continue his development or a strong player, the, you know, kind of the the steady 15-8 and eight you saw, you know, the last couple of years. Yep. But holy hell, 44 points in Michigan. Um, I, I It seems like, I love the four-guard lineup, but it almost seems like you could do that while also starting and initiating the offense through Garza. I, I'm not saying, you know, dump it down to the block every single trip down, but I think he's really, you know, kind of the, the motor that makes that engine run. That doesn't make sense at all. I'm not a car guy, <laughs> but I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Luca's been amazing. I mean, he's pretty much, you know, he's averaging 22 and 10. <laughs> Uh, and I, th- I think this kind of gets lost in his offensive uh, prowess, uh, but he's improved on the defensive end, yeah, too. Yeah, no doubt, no I mean, doubt. There was times last year that he was completely lost on defense. Uh, he's averaging 1.3 blocks per game. I mean, I don't know how many blocks he had last year, but there, there wasn't a ton. It wasn't 1.3. I don't remember exactly how many, many uh, rebounds he got, but he's averaging 10 rebounds. I know he wasn't doing that last year. So just the overall game that Luca um, has had so far this year uh, has been amazing, but he's just a guy that just brings his lunch pail and just, you know, God, does he ever... goes to work. What a tough he's son awesome, of a bitch, man. And just like getting your tooth almost knocked out, basically having a hole put in your lip one game and he's out of the game for a minute maybe and just running right back in. Just my God, I twist my ankle. I'd probably quit playing for a week. <laughs> Get a couple stitches and get right yeah. back in there. I mean, it's, it's just without Novocaine. I think I read also that they Jesus. stitched him up without any anything like that. Like, good lord! I mean, he's made he's made huge jumps uh, in his game each year. I think I think it was freshman freshman and sophomore. Wasn't he a pretty terrible free throw shooter his freshman year? Yeah. Then jumped up like twenty percentage points last year, and then you know statistically he hasn't seen you know kind of a, a singular category jump up like that this year, but. I think there's a little question that not just in terms of scoring and being the man, but uh, just kind of, you know, having that team on his shoulders and kind of being the heartbeat of the team. Uh, you know, certainly that's something that, you know, the squad's going to need to have the rest of the way without, um, you know, Jordan. Let's be frank, he was kind of that way anyway with, 
you know, J-Bo being kind of a shell of himself the first few uh, few months here. Well, and also I know Luca was on pace. I think he's on pace right now to set the single season scoring record total points. Um, I believe it's at six, I think think six ninety nine is the record, which is oh, nice. But like also, uh, so and if he comes back next year, I mean he's probably staring Roy Marble's record dead in the eye. Definitely, yeah. I mean he's you know, he can score it so many different ways. Uh, he can hit the three. He can go down low. I mean he's just. He's just a beast. I don't even know. There's just nothing else to say. Yeah, he's, just, mean, yeah. he's just taking his game to a whole new level, and um, it's crazy. Well, man, I don't know what else you want to talk about. I mean, you can just talk your shit on whatever you want. Fire Fran on <laughs> on recruiting. <laughs> I mean, uh, so you, you, you've got the floor. that we haven't mentioned before or yet tonight is uh, I just want to talk about Connor McCaffrey for a second. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've been a staunch Connor, Connor McCaffrey uh, uh, backer. Uh, there's just not much more you can ask of the kid right now. Yep. Uh, he's averaging almost nine points a game, almost four assists, uh, uh, almost four rebounds. Doesn't he's turn got, the ball over. Know, he, he's not turning it over. He's got the best. He's got he's got a four to one assist to turn turnover ratio, uh, which is like best in the Big Ten and like top ten in the nation. Uh, he know he's playing four different spots. He knows the plays from four different spots. He's likely going to be playing the four if you go with the the Tucson lineup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just so smart. He's starting to hit shots a little bit. I mean, he's not going to shoot forty percent from three, but if he can shoot thirty percent from three, you know, people will at least you know keep him honest or whatever. Uh, he just makes all the right plays, and he's just a smart kid. And it's just crazy to me all the things that people have said about him, uh, and it's just because. They don't like Fran. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, if his name was something else, he'd be fine. But it's not. Uh, but just dealing with all that stuff and still going out there and doing what he's doing, uh, just had to give him some props. Yeah, and of course, not to mention, uh, you know, the, the, the issues that are kind of lingering there for, for his brother. Yep. Uh, but right. yeah, he, he kind of he feels like the the guard version of what Cordell was like his freshman year. You know, not not – you know, spectacular in any one category, just but just kind of, well. you know, fills the box score left to right, you know, makes his mark on the game. Um, and, and really is, you know, kind of brings a little bit of attitude or toughness to the team unquestionably. So we, we've, we've had this conversation here on the podcast a, a couple of times. How many more years of basketball is Connor playing? You think at Iowa, if you had to, if you had to put a number on it, you know, before this year, I had kind of heard a few things that this might be his last year. He wanted to play one year with, you know, his brother and maybe concentrate on, on baseball. Sure. Um, but I don't know, obviously now it seems like Patrick might be in line for a red shirt. Sure. Um, feels like it, doesn't they, it? They, yeah. They, they do have, you know, a couple, you know, two, three guards coming in, um, next year. Um, I don't know if that was by design. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see him stick it out and play for four years. I mean, it's, it's tough. Cause I know, you know, he's a good baseball player and obviously he probably has a better chance to play professional baseball than he does basketball. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't really, I don't really know. I, I, I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he could be our version of Aaron craft, <laughs> just a guard right. that he's not going to go out there and score a bunch of points, but he's going to drive no the, he's going to drive the other team's fan base. Absolutely crazy. And we're going to love him. Yeah, you need a guy on guy like that. Everyone else hates him. We love him. I mean, you always need a guy like that. 
What's um what's your take on the do you like the recruiting class he's got coming in? I'm I'm pretty excited about him and I think we've learned to this point I I trust Fran's uh evaluation skills. So I'm pretty pumped about uh these kids he's got coming in. Right, yeah. If you look at it on paper, you know, stars, recruiting sites, that type of thing, um it does it's definitely not gonna jump out at you. No. Um I think what the most interesting thing about it is it, you're seeing a little bit of a shift um, in the type of kid that he's recruiting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Ulyss, Perkins, some years we haven't had a guy, you know, we've had one or two guys that can handle the ball. Now all of a sudden he's, he's getting, you know, these guards that can handle the ball um, and just more athletic guys than he's normally gotten. So I just think you've seen a little bit of a shift, um, in that, um, the Murray twins, um, they're just kind of seem to be kind of late bloomers. Yep. Um, looks like they both got some skills. They can both really shoot it. Uh, I think it's Keegan, the one that's left-handed. I'm not sure so. which one. I think you're right. But that's, that, that's always a, a, a neat thing in basketball. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think, and I think you can you can redshirt both of those kids if they want, yeah. Because uh, I think they're just continuing. They just grew like four or five inches in the last two years or something like that. You know, they're up to six eight, six nine, six ten. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw the Tony Perkins uh, clip from the windmill, week ago, the windmill dunk. Not too shabby. That dude is, whew, that yeah. dude is athletic. Yeah, we'll take some of that for sure. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I just, you know, the toughness, uh, the different kind of kid you're going to have, you know, we talked earlier about having the backcourt of Toussaint Frederick. Now you add two tough kids and Ulysses, he's a winner, comes from a winning family. Yeah. Uh, and then you add in, you add in Perkins and you got, you know, one hell of a athletic, you know, four guys, uh, that all win, they all compete. Um, uh, and yeah, so it's just, uh, I, I think, you know, it might, be some development, obviously. Uh, maybe not see their worth right away, uh, but I think you know in two three years it could be a steal of the class. And as you were saying, at this point you have to f- trust Fran's evaluation uh, skills. How many times have you seen him be in on a kid that's lightly recruited, and he's in on them early, yep. and then he blows up? Yep, yep. You know the kid blows up and gets a Kentucky offer. Yeah, yeah we mean, finally got just, one of those Ulysses, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, right. I've been tweeting about a Ulysses to Iowa for years. It finally happened. <laughs> I tell you, it, yeah, because <laughs> so next year's team, yeah, a guard from the Bronx, a guard from Chicago, and a guard from Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, I think mm-hmm. we'll take that. Um, well, yeah, we, we don't want to waste that. too much more of your time tonight, but um, with the news that we've uh, kind of that's been floating around tonight that Hayden Fry has passed away, do you have any any kind of memory of Hayden or, uh, growing up? Hawkeye football in general that um, kind of maybe sticks out to you at all of Hayden's tenure uh, at Iowa? I wouldn't say just one uh, single moment. Uh, I was pretty young. Yeah. Uh, as we, we were probably all the, about around the same time, but uh, just how he was just a think. I mean, he just, his, what am I trying to say? His uh, forward thinking of, of how to play football. Um, and then obviously you, you can't find a better coaching tree. I mean, yep, yeah. that on assistance, I mean, five, six, seven guys that are, you know, guys that went on to work, to win national championships and, and also just the type of guy that he seemed 
uh, like he was. Um, it's just amazing that we've been so lucky to have Hayden and then, of course, uh, Coach Ferentz, you know, two football coaches in my lifetime. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so definitely, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to Hayden's family and just a, kind of a somber night uh, to be a Hawkeye fan. Uh, he'll never be forgotten, that's for sure. Absolutely well said. Well, um, we want to thank you again for joining us, and uh, we will be back to talk a little uh, bowl season and uh, whatever else comes our way. We'll be right back yeah. after this. Thanks, folks. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. All right, welcome back to the show. And again, we want to thank our guy Feltz uh, for coming on and talking some Iowa basketball. His Twitter handle is ZHawk44. At ZHawk. At ZHawk44. You bet. Um, so if you're not following him, go follow him. Um, but now let's talk a little uh, talk a little bowl games. Yeah, we've got kind of the rundown here of the, the Big Ten slate. Yep. So well represented yep. uh, is the Big Ten, both in you know kind of the the big bowls, you know the playoff, the the New Year's Six, yep. all those. But it was really across the conference. Probably a, a couple of teams that people pegged at the beginning of the year to be not bowl teams mm-hmm. who are uh, Illinois, probably being at the top of yeah, that list. But yes, yes. Yeah, we'll just run down this list here, do a little picks, even though I don't know we. Know too much about all of these teams, but yep. uh, I'll start off with the Gator Bowl. Indiana versus Tennessee. Indiana is a one and a half point underdog. So uh, Indiana, Tennessee. I don't know anything about Tennessee. I'm going to be quite honest. Um, I, I've blocked I any mean, memory of Tennessee yeah. out of out of my out what of my. What's that quarterback's name? Josh Dobbs. Was he the quarterback that just beat the shit out of Iowa? any existence of Tennessee football? Yeah, was... I have suppressed in my memory. I mean, I feel Indiana's been playing pretty well this year. I mean, I, I, I think like, they're going to be a little more happier to be there maybe. I th- that's a great point. So I think that's got a lot to do with that. I want to say Indiana's OC or DC perhaps just took a job somewhere. A head, head coach job. Happen, yeah. Um I think it was their offensive coordinator. <clears throat> now, Indiana kind of feels like a program where that guy would stay um yeah. through the bowl game, but uh, I am going to go Big 10 on this one even yep. though my yep. confidence points would be like negative. I'm going to go uh, Indiana to, to beat Tennessee. Yep, I'm with you. Okay, cool. Next up, Penn Stripe Bowl. Michigan State, man, they scrapped their way to, to bowl eligibility. So Michigan State yeah. is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Wake Forest. I don't know how why Michigan State isn't better. <laughs> no, I, I mean, well, the, the, the East is tough, of course, yeah. but they just really did look putrid for most uh, of the year. I'm I'll, going to take Michigan yeah, State. I'll I don't take know, Michigan State. I don't know about the four-and-a-half-point favorites, but I'm going to go, you know, I think – I think Michigan State really needs this win. D'Antonio yeah. really needs this win. And frankly, I think the ACC is trash apart from Clemson, really. So, yep. uh, I'll, I'll, so two Michigan States there. Uh, we're going to skip the next bowl yep. in terms of the calendar. We're going to uh, skip ahead to the Cotton Bowl. So Penn State is nearly a touchdown favorite versus Memphis. How do you feel about that one? I think I like that. They did lose their offensive coordinator. He took a head coaching yep. job um, in his first year. This is just his second year as... 
as OC at uh, Penn State, but I think Penn State's got too much talent. Uh, Memphis had a nice run, but their their head coach is now moving on. Um, and has moved on. Has moved on. Has moved on. Mike Norvell to to Florida State. So yeah, give me Penn State. Yeah, there. I'm Penn State there, and I would say not even Penn State to win, but I'd say Penn State covers the six and a half I think points. So too. I would feel relatively easily. So yep. we are like-minded through three bowl games. Uh, the next one chronologically, just you know, depending on uh, when, it, when it falls exactly, would be the uh, playoff, Fiesta yep. Bowl. So as it stands today, Ohio State is a two-point underdog versus Clemson. So that's, mm. that's kind of a pick em. I don't remember exactly where this semifinal is. Uh, I know the championship is in uh, the Superdome in New Orleans. I don't is remember it? exactly where this one is, but... Well, I guess it's the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl, so it's in Phoenix uh, or Tempe. So, this is a toughie. The, I, I will say, kind of as an aside, that these semifinals are probably the ones I've been most excited for yeah. since the playoff began. I mean, for Ohio State, I mean, this year's Ohio State and this year's Clemson to be playing in the semifinal, whew, that, that, I mean, that, that's a hell of a matchup. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State plus two, I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, Clemson probably has the, the better roster. Um, and let's not forget that, I mean, a, a much less talented team than Clemson, Wisconsin, really kind of took it to Ohio State for a half. So I don't know if that's a wake-up call for Ohio State. I mean, they certainly turned it around in the second half, or if that's something that, uh, you know, Clemson can seek to explain. I'm going to go with Clemson on this one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the Buckeyes. I, yeah. think, I think they're good. So we're different for the first time, yep. are we? I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Buckeyes. Give me, give me Justin Fields to uh... – Make some plays. Chase Young, who, I mean, he's coming back next year, he says. Yeah. You know, he hasn't made that decision yet, yeah. so he doesn't need to worry about showing out for his final game as a yeah. guy. Right, Chase. We all I respect the fact that he's playing. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, next up would be out in Santa Clara is the Red Box Bowl. Illinois is a touchdown Dog. underdog to the Golden Bears of Cal. Hmm. I don't think I would take maybe Illinois to cover that seven, but I don't know if they'll win. I I I don't know about the seven, but I I'm I also a, don't know shit about Cal. No, no like full disclosure. Yeah, if Tennessee and Cal played in a forest and nobody was there to watch it, did the game really happen? I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I I'm going with Cal. I don't know about the seven point thing. Uh, Illinois seemed like one of those hot and cold teams. You know, after that that tough uh, loss versus Nebraska, you know, it seemed like they were either kind of world beaters and were playing, uh, you know, with their hair on fire, or they were just Illinois. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. So, but I'm going with Cal uh, to win. Uh, getting close here. Phil Fleck, your boy Phil. Ugh. Minnesota, seven and a half point underdogs versus Auburn. So Auburn kind of limited in what they uh, can do, I think, really offensively. Um, Minnesota, I mean, we know who they are. We're you know, pretty familiar with them. How do you feel about Minnesota and seven points versus Auburn? Minnesota's catchphrase has three words. Give me Auburn's. War Eagle. War Eagle. War, oh, I'll give you three words. War Damn Eagle. War Damn Eagle. Okay, so Pete is going with Auburn to win that one. Although, Minnesota should be excited because the Outback Bowl, Raymond James Stadium, has a big boat the in it. A giant boat, yeah. They Phil, should be, they should Phil be will love thrilled. That. I'm going to, man, because we only have one game that we picked differently so far. Oh, we've got a couple. Cotton, Fiesta. No, I picked, we both picked Penn State. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think so, just the Fiesta. Just, just to be different, I'm going to pick Minnesota. Well, I took Illinois to cover. To I'm, cover the seven. Yeah, but we both have Cal winning. So oh, I'm kind of yeah, going right. just to pick okay, on, gotcha. on winning. So uh, I'll just take Minnesota to be a little bit different. Not too confident in it. but uh, You're dead to me. Uh, the, 
don't know. Those Gophers, they'll, they'll, they rise to the occasion. You know, they Phil's will be happy. Love, they'll be happy to be there. You know, that's Phil's for sure. gonna love the all the the pomp and circumstance that comes oh, with the bowl like that. You won't know what to do with him, damn. So. I mean, I'll, I'll give I'll give Fleck respect. He's he's owned. Anytime he's gotten out coaches here, he owns it. Yeah. So doesn't throw his players uh, under the bus. Yeah. I, I'm not confident in Minnesota winning, but I'll pick him just to be a little bit different. Uh, Citrus Bowl. So a spot where people thought Iowa may climb to. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm okay with them not having done that. Yep. Uh, the matchup there is University of Michigan Wolverines as a touchdown underdog to the Alabama. Alabama. So, uh, roll tide. Uh, roll tide by a thousand. Roll tide, roll uh, damn tide. So yeah, I'm not even going to think separate, you know for a second about that one. Um, if you're a betting man, take Alabama and the points. Yep. Granddaddy of them all, Wisconsin, a two and a half point favorite versus Oregon, the Pac-12 champion. Who do you got? Give me Jonathan Taylor, baby. Jonathan Taylor. And all day. If we're talking about kudos for playing, still too. You know, Chase Young can probably go out there. You know. Push up on a offensive tackle a couple times and, and play a game. Jonathan Taylor, he's he's gonna get hit playing this game. Jonathan know? Taylor, um, side note, side rant. The fact that he has not gotten been a Heisman finalist any of his three years is absolutely ridiculous. Especially when I bet on him this year on William Hill. Yeah, yeah. The dude needs three hundred and twenty five yards to become the all time leading rusher. And with given the games that he's had in his career, it's not unrealistic to think he couldn't do that in the in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and he's in three seasons. Yeah, in he's three years. It. Yeah, he's had he's averaged over two thousand yards each season, on average, and he's not been in New York once. I think that's ridiculous, and the shit. I mean, he's done more than what Ron Dane did. He's doing true, he's true. doing the stuff that Troy Davis did. It's a different at era. Iowa State. It's a different era. I mean, there, there's that argument. Yeah, it's a different kind of era. I just think he is so underappreciated for what he's done his three years. If he comes back next year, he's going to demolish the career rushing record. Oh, it would yeah, it would it would be left in the dust. Yeah. Didn't it's he like already, video game numbers. Didn't he already declare or like I don't know if he has. Kind of state yeah. his intent maybe to he declare, has. I thought. I mean, it's probably be smart given running back shelf lives or or and maybe I was just thinking his announcement was that he's playing in the bull game, which is kind of basically just a precursor to saying yeah. like it would it would back. make sense for him to leave because he said he's got he's had a lot of carries in three years on those legs. Yeah, there's only so much tread on the tires. So you might as well go get paid, young man. And sorry, you weren't more appreciated. Rumble, young man, rumble. Speaking of, I think uh, it was announced this week. Gus Johnson will be the announcer for Iowa. And Joel Klatt. Yep, yep. That's a that's a good crew there. Joel so, Klatt's fantastic. Yeah, they, they both are. I think they're a good balance of one another too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but who you got? Wisconsin, Oregon. Really Wisconsin. Cool. Go Badgers. Uh, same here. Man, we're just riding Go the Big Ten teams. Badgers. Huh? All right. In the second-to-last yeah, second game, we will pick. So, stepping out of the Big Ten a little bit. Iowa State, fantastic. Marquee matchup. Fun matchup. Golden opportunity. Very fun matchup. Um, Iowa State is three-and-a-half-point underdogs versus Notre Dame. The over-under is 54. So, the math doesn't quite work out for, like, a real good football score. But that's something like a something like a thirty two twenty six ish thirty two twenty seven ish type of game, depending on on how that breaks down. So Iowa State plus three and a half versus Notre Dame. I feel like this is a Notre Dame team I, I don't know much about. Um, I think yeah I, I I don't know why, but I feel like I kind of know always a little something about Notre Dame. If nothing else, perhaps if, if it's because they're you know in the the national championship conversation, so become generally familiar with them. 
I can't claim to know much about this year's squad other than, you know, they're in the Camping World Bowl. Also, if uh, Notre Dame fans want to bitch about not being in a better bowl, join a conference. Yeah. yeah. If you were in the, if Notre Dame was in the ACC, they'd, they'd be in the be, Orange Bowl. Yeah. They, they'd be having a fantastic bowl. Otherwise, it's uh, Virginia. Yeah. Virginia, so. who just got pantsed in, yeah. the, in the, I mean, granted, Clemson's very, very yeah, good. Yes, Clemson's good. Just got pantsed in the ACC championship game. But, but I don't know. I mean, how interested is Notre Dame going to be in this game? Is is it about time for Brian Kelly maybe to move on? Is, are you saying are, are, are you NFL saying, teams going to be on Brian Kelly this offseason? Um, will he maybe be saying, you know what, I've done, I feel like I've done about everything I can here. Taking it as far as I can. So you're saying this is a job interview for Matt Campbell? That's what I heard. <laughs> that, I mean, I didn't even intend, I just meant maybe Notre Dame doesn't want to be there as much. Yeah. But, um, not much prestige in the camping world. Bowl. I tell you what, Orlando. Clone fans coming for your bush life. Do you see the tweet that they're camping? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you did. They just pallets upon pallets of tall boys. They better triple life. that order. So, yeah, good job. Give me the clones. Try again. Clones to win. Yep. Give me the clones oh, outright. Give me the clones outright. Clones outright. I'm going to say Notre Dame wins. Um, I don't know about the three and a half. I wouldn't be surprised for it to be a, a very very close game. I mean, I would expect a close game either way. Uh, Damn, I mean, I, I'm not confident in that pick, but again, I'm kind of just being a little bit contrarian. So I'll take Notre Dame. Not really confident in it. Uh, final matchup, the one we all are here to talk about. In the, the true granddaddy of them all. That's right. Iowa currently sitting as two point favorites. I believe they opened up as two and a half point favorites. Uh, so that's gone down a bit. But over the Trojans, uh, the, the men of Troy, the USC Trojans, uh, two point favorites. 52 on the over-under, so that works out. The math is pretty clean. 27-25 or uh, 27-24 would be kind of, you know, Iowa covering and the under. So that's kind of a, an actual real football score. Your thoughts going into this matchup? I like Iowa's defense um, against what Notre Dame... Okay, Notre well, Dame's going to throw the shit out of the ball. USC probably will, too. Or USC, sorry. Notre Dame yes. will probably throw the ball. Notre Dame probably will, too, yes. USC will throw the ball a lot. That's what they do best. They have great wide receivers. If they do a lot of quick short passing, I think that could probably give Iowa fits as that's what they're going to give up. You know, I think Iowa will give up a lot of yards regardless probably. What kind of a, you know, here's a bit of ignorance showing for me. What kind of receiver is that Pittman guy? Is he kind of a, a Keyshawn Johnson 6364 throw it I up don't believe the field? So is it, he more of a Rondell Moore type? I mean, I, he is the man. For USC, but I, I kind of don't know what kind of player he is. So his dad played in the NFL. Um, his dad was a running back in the NFL for a long time. Uh, Mike, just Michael Pittman. Michael right? Pittman, yeah. yeah. Um, for the Bucks, I don't think he's as compact as as his dad. Um, I want to say he's around. He's yeah, he's six four, two twenty is so what he's bigger, listed. At. Bigger receiver. Yep, um, bigger size. Their receivers in general um, are all. Kind, I feel like kind of like that. The bigger, um, bigger guys. Which I feel like Iowa's corners kind of match up pretty decently. See, I, I'm I'm okay with with bigger guys. Yeah, it's those Rondell Moore types. Those kind the of quick dudes that can yeah get you, that can beat you in space. We, we've we've seen that happen too many times. And now of course Iowa does have you know kind of the four two five that they can counter with. And I would imagine there'll be plenty of four two five played in this game. Um, but yeah, that that makes me feel better uh, about about the Hawks. One of the one of USC's wide receivers. Here's a guy for the all name team. You ready for this? Amon Ra St. Brown. Um, how is that? How do you spell that? A M O N hyphen R A. Um, um, Amon Ra. Amon Ra. 
And then St. Brown. St. Brown. Cool. Yeah. It's quite the quite the name. Um he's he's he was a very he was a five star kid coming out of coming out of high school. Oh, I remember him. Um I mean they have they have athletes, but can again if they're if these if they just dink and dunk, sure. They're gonna get a lot of yards. If they you know, if they need to wait for their routes to develop, I like what what uh, Iowa has on the D line yeah, to yeah. pressure the true freshman. Yeah. Phil Parker gets you know three weeks to a month to craft something. I, I like Iowa's defense. Yeah, I like the under in this game. The under of fifty two. I would tend to agree. That, that seems uh, a bit high scoring. So are you are you willing at this point to go, you know, prediction sure. uh, in a score prediction? Yeah, floor's all yours. Give me. Um, I'm gonna go with the hacks all day. Give me the Hawks. Um, Oh, we'll go twenty four to twenty four to eighteen. I'm feeling something just like that too. So definitely picking the Hawks. No way, I could not do that. Uh, even I, even if they were playing Alabama, uh, if for God's sake, I think that that would a little bit of me was like that would be fun just to see oh, where no, you measure. I, up. I agree. It, it would be funnish. <laughs> It'd be funnish. It'd be the idea of it would be fun. The anticipation would be fun, mostly. Yeah. Um, did you know I do have an autographed picture of uh, Bear Bryant? In my uh, in my office, it's actually made out to my dad. Wow. Long story, I'll have to tell you sometime. Yeah. So everybody's like, "To Mike, huh?" That's one for like, the horse latitude. I was like, "Yeah, that's my dad. That's not me." <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, picking the Hawks. I would also take the under. I'm gonna go uh, twenty-seven. Um, I'm gonna go twenty-seven twenty-one. So my math checks out. I think that's forty-eight. That's the under twenty-seven twenty-one. Hawks cover. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about that too. So if we're talking confidence wise, I'm okay with that. Yep. I, I can see this kind of as a coin flip game, but again, for all the reasons you just mentioned, um, USC's true freshman quarterback, I was you know pretty seasoned. Yeah. Uh, secondary, kind of the 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 horses they have on the defensive line. I think Ojemudia. I mean, he, it's his last game in a hawk uniform. I can yep. see him just balling out, making plays all over the field. Uh, they're gonna have their full complement of players, presumably. Yep. Uh, you know, between not only injuries but guys who Julius uh, Brents may or may maybe not be a good to, game for Julius exactly Brents. Get his in, size out there, not uh, not burn any kind of red shirts. So because I don't think there's but maybe what Justin Britt would be the only person who, if they played, would burn yeah. their red shirt. Yep, everybody else I think is there. I think yeah, otherwise on the table, all hands on deck. So give me Hawks. Give me uh, you know, it's a Friday night game. That'll be fun. Perfect, even if you have to work that Friday after Christmas, you get off. Hit up a little happy hour, order some pizza, go to yep. the Wine and Spirits, get ready to go, honker down, 7 o'clock kick. Damn, I'm excited, but at the same time, I will be very, very sad at about 10-15, win or loss. Yeah. Yep. Um, one last game. Um, also, we should mention that uh, they kind of, Tristan Wirfs, Epinesa, and Geno Stone have put in um, to get information to the for the NFL Draft Advisory Board. Um, I would. I feel like... Epinesa and Wirfs are kind of a 50-50 thing. I think Gino. You think so? I think I think so. I think if there were ever two guys that were going to come back, these are the types. One, you know, one's an Iowa-born kid that's always wanted to play at Iowa. The other one, his dad played here. He's, he might as well be in Iowa. Might as well be an Iowan. Um, so it just feels like they want to accomplish more almost at Iowa. Qu- like they have question for places. you: Would you see it being? I hate to say a package deal. But do you think they're talking to one another about perhaps, you know, kind of being, I guess, being a package deal? <laughs> you know, I think for, so. For lack of a better word. Because I think, I think they're, they're very good friends. Um, also, real tight with Alaric Jackson, who did not put in 
Which doesn't um, mean he's not declaring necessarily. But it'd be a probably not a good decision if he if he were to after not getting any. Yeah, having really no no good idea where yeah. he stands and missing four games this year. That's probably really probably what um, did. Geno Stone, I don't think. I don't know. I I think if you get a third to fourth round grade, if you're Geno Stone, you probably go. Because you're probably I, I, not going to get a whole lot higher. I believe the way the system works is that you either get a first-round grade, a second-round grade, or, or go an, back to or an other grade, which basically means you're not first or second round. So yeah. I guess it's up to you. Um, but, I mean, uh, I, I would tend to agree with you uh, on Stone. Of course, at this point last year, we didn't think Anthony Nelson would be yeah. leaving. We didn't think Amana Hooker would be leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, We figured we, we knew the two tight ends would really yeah. be gone. Yeah. That was no surprise at all. Um, but I think and I, we figured there might be one other, but I don't think we necessarily picked. No, certainly not Nelson. No, and I I thought kind of Hooker was you know fifty fifty. Yeah, but I sh- I feel like the worst Epinesa decision is somewhat like Hawkinson, where he really had issues with it and really enjoyed over the decision and sure. really loved being a Hawkeye and stuff like that. And I think it's going to be a situation like that. I saw uh, a top ten prospect board today that had worse. Um, as the ninth best overall prospect, so I mean, I just don't, I don't know how you turn that down. It's I mean, tough. I know Brandon Sheriff did, but Gallery did. I, I just, I mean, to to me, even Brandon Sheriff kind of feels like a, a different era. But I also think way. if you look at what's coming back next year, man, if those two come back, I know you got a don't first year quarterback. Don't do this to me. If you got a first year quarterback, but man, can Tyler Goodson just play quarterback? Yep. Can, can Joe Toussaint just play but quarterback? But we've talked about it before. So many times, first-year starters, a quarterback at Iowa, sometimes that's their best year. Yeah, I mean... Win-loss-wise, they, they almost come, over, over stats. They, come, they, they usually start prepared. You mm-hmm. know, they come out prepared. Um, no doubt about that. Of course, um, you know, elephant in the room there is that Ken O'Keefe is in year three of his third-year con- his three-year contract as yep. quarterback's coach. So uh, I, you would sure think that as long he, as he wants to be back, he will be back, but... I would not. I would guess. That's a given. I would bet he comes back maybe on a year to year contract. I could, I could see that. I could see probably that. at this point. Um, well, that's probably enough laboring about this year's team. We do need to bring up obviously um, before we went on to record tonight. Um, Just moments before yeah, we hit record. Yeah. The uh, the news came across that legendary Iowa football coach Hayden Fry passed away at the age of ninety years old. Um, obviously, Hayden is kind of a larger than life figure. Um, growing up. In the you know late '80s and through the '90s, I'm kind of watching his last hurrah there. Just what a dynamic individual person personality he was. Um, I remember you know playing football out in the yard. I would always do the stand up tight end, yeah, like yeah. like they always did on his teams. Um, just a guy that really, I mean, how how no other football programs can say that they've had two coaches since. 1979. Yeah, I mean, you, you round me up right now, and I'm, you know, I'm 40 years old. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in my fourth decade of life, and I've had, uh, you know, been lucky enough to the, the team I follow have only two head football coaches yep. in in yep, my both lifetime. of us. Yep. Uh, so I, this is not an original thought. I saw it on Twitter during one of our breaks here tonight. But what I, I would get chills if Iowa started their their Holiday Bowl, uh, first series, first play with a stand up tight end. That would be fantastic. Uh, Kind of just gives me goosebumps yep. thinking about it. So yeah, I mean, I, I will say, you know, I, I'm some thirty. Oh shit, five. Yes. I was born in '84, so you do the math. Yes, 36. you're 35. Am I 35? Okay, uh, you know, I'm 35. Um, you know, Hayden was really in his twilight as I kind of start to have kind of those 
the specific memories uh, of Iowa football, or or at the very least Iowa specific Iowa games. Uh, but I think there there's no question that uh, you know hopefully anybody you know my age and older, and I would hope you know most Iowa football fans you know just really recognize like you said kind of the the pillar of an individual he is, and you know you can, we could have a whole podcast about his coaching tree. We could have a whole podcast about. Uh, you know, just who he was as a person in terms of not giving, not giving a damn, and you know, telling people to shove it and scratch our ditches and you know, you know, yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. But he gave us the damn tiger hawk. He, he, yes, the the logo was literally because of him. And yeah. I think there's few things more emblematic to me about Hayden Fry than the fact that he, you know, really resurrected the program yep. um, to 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 be what it is today. They had some some kind of. Lean years there with... Um, I mean, the 70s were not good to them. Uh, yeah, with, with the, the last couple of coaches, uh, you know, Elliot and, and Ebyshevsky, th- things weren't great. So he, he really Bob did Cummings, make, yeah. uh, you know, the Iowa football program relevant again. He yep. made it, uh, you know, kind of a nationally known name. And, you know, like you mentioned, as far as, you know, literally creating the, the Tiger Hawk logo. So that, to me, will be always what resonates about Hayden Fry uh, would be, you know, not necessarily the exotics, not necessarily kind of his his Texas rebel type attitude, but just you know how much he meant to to the program's success. And you know don't don't want to take away your quote, but you said before we started recording the statement like AJ Epinesa would not be at Iowa had it not been for Hayden Pry. Yep, he he took he gave Ep, he gave his dad gave AJ's dad Epi Epinesa Epinesa a shot who as a as a transfer from Iowa Wesleyan um, called him Repeat gave him the nickname Repeat. Um, but yeah, that basically turned, that gave us AJ. So, um, just, a you know, a mountain of a man, um, the guy that, that's, you know, you know, none of us are immortal, but some guys you just don't expect to lose. Yeah. And then when it, so when it happens, it, it really kind of, it was kind of like this on par with kind of Jim's when Jim Zobel, uh, passed away here locally in the Des Moines uh, market is kind of a guy like that, but um, on another level, you know, that helped really build Iowa football. Wouldn't be where it is right now without Hayden Fry. Yeah. So, as you're watching the Holiday Bowl, or if you're out, you know, lucky enough to be traveling out there, I mean, there's a very direct connection. You should be thanking Hayden Fry yep. uh, for that opportunity. Yep. So I think that's uh, that's all we got for this week. Um, not sure when we'll be back here. We'll probably won't be next. Probably week. won't be here for uh, for next week. So we hope you have a uh, very merry Christmas. Um, have a some good time with your loved ones, family, friends, um, whoever that might be. Um, we'll be we'll be back again sometime after the bowl game um, to do a little, maybe a look ahead. Um, maybe we'll have some news on who's staying, who's you going. Bet, you bet. Um, but we're going to leave you tonight um, with the Hayden Fry tradition that they did after every victory in the locker room. Um, so with that, for Joe, Pete, we'll talk to you next time. Love you guys.